No, I'm really excited to share God's word today because I feel like God is preparing us for something great, for something great. And I, what I don't want the faith of, uh, of this church to be, our faith in Jesus to be, is just to get us through. And I feel like the, our faith in the last three years was just to get us through. And now that becomes our permanent faith, like God will get us through it. And a lot of our worship songs are about God will get us through it, if you think about it, because these songs written in the last five years, it was so tough. People were writing songs about how God's going to get you through it. But God has been speaking to me very specifically. The reason why I took you through it is to get you to it. There is something that God is leading us to. Does anybody believe that? There's something and somewhere that God is leading us to. And it says, though I walk through the valley, the shadow of death, I will fear no evil is what Psalm 23 says. But at the end of Psalm 23, it says, my cup overflows. He anoints me. I will, uh, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, which means if I follow Jesus, I don't have to chase blessings. Blessings chase me down and catch up to me. So all I got to do is get to where God tells me to go and the blessings will catch up. Anybody got blessings catching up to them in this next couple of years? This is what this is about. And so I'm going to tell you the title of my message before I even read the scripture. Are you ready? I'm so excited. I haven't been this excited to preach in a long time. Just got back from New York. Feeling good? No, this shirt is not leather. But when in New York, felt like people in New York wear stuff like this, so I'm back. Let me give you time my message right now. It's called Something to Feed. Excuse me, messed it up already. Someone to feed and something to fill. Someone to feed and something to fill. You know, we're not a church that baits you to come here by, believe, by getting you to believe that God's whole purpose on the earth is to make you feel comfortable and to give you what you want. You can fill a church that way by just getting people to believe that God wants to do something for them personally. God wants to bless you. God wants to give you the house. Does God want you to have all that stuff? Yes. But more importantly, God wants himself to do something through you that no one would give you credit, no one would praise you, but the Bible says, let your good work shine before men that they may glorify your Father in heaven. So when you do something and when you accomplish something, if it's right, the whole world says, God is good. And so what I'm telling you is that God is getting ready to do something for you so bizarre, so crazy, that people will look at you and wonder, how were you able to do that? And you'll say, I wasn't the spirit of the Lord because we're here to give glory to God. This is so important for us to understand in LA because everything here, everything in the kingdom of God begins with the word of God. And in, out here, we try to think that it, it, we have to start with the heart of God. Well, the, look, it's about love and we don't need the word, just love people. No, 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 no. Jesus is the word made flesh. Come on, in the 2000s, if Jesus would have showed up, it was the word with a FUBU jersey on. That's all it is. Jesus is the word. He's the walking, talking word of God. And so what God has been telling me, you like that FUBU Joe, you that road. Uh, what God's been telling me is that if, if you have a passion for Jesus, 
you must have a passion for his word. And you must check everything you believe. You have to check everything you believe to, according to his word. And so there's this journey even out. Anybody heard of deconstructing? I think deconstructing is a good thing, by the way. But not the way certain people are doing it. You don't question the word of God in the light of your opinions. You question your opinions in the light of the word. Woo! I'm about to throw the binder already. If you're going to be a vessel for this kind of blessing that's coming, you have to question everything you've ever thought about, dreamed about, according to the word of God. We have to go back to what does the word say about what God has called me to do. And this is why today I'm going to unpack two stories because I believe that God is going to Literally, this church is going to be a beacon of hope, blessing, favor. I'm telling you it's coming. I'm already seeing it happening in people's lives and in, in, in my life. And God's getting ready to take something from someone else and give it to you. You ain't going to have to build this thing. You're not going to have to work for this thing. God's going to take it from someone else and give it to you. My wife and I were in New York City because a church member of ours got a talk show that God seemed to take from someone else. Oh, let me read my scripture right now. Turn your Bible to 1 Kings 17, 8 through 16. We're going to read a story of what God did with two widows in the Bible. Uh, if you remember a couple of weeks ago, I preached on Elijah uh, the brook ran, running dry and Elijah moving on from getting fed by the ravens and supplied water by the brook. And this, this story picks up right after that happened. And the Bible says in verse 8, Then the Lord said to Elijah, Go and live in the village of Zarephath near the city of Sidon. I've had, I have instructed a widow to feed you there. Remember the title of my message, Someone to Feed, Something to Fill. He goes, God says, I'm going to send you to the city called Zarephath. Not Jerusalem, Zarephath. Jerusalem would have been the pinnacle of spirituality. Jerusalem would have been like going to church on Sunday. Uh, the Bible says that we are to go to church. We, we do need to worship God in his temple. But, but pastors and spiritual leaders are telling you that, that if you really want to be blessed, you got to go to church. And if you want God to provide for you, you got to go to church. And yes, you got to go to church, but that's not where God sent Elijah. God did not send Elijah to church to get blessed. The Bible says God sent Elijah to Zarephath to get blessed. And Zarephath would have been the, 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 the height of the city of the place where they were worshiping idols. So I'm going to send you to the city that's doing the exact opposite of what I want them to do because I'm going to release blessing in your life. You do not need to move to the Bible Belt to be blessed. You do not need... You can be right here in L.A. Don't let none of these people tell you that California's dark, that Los Angeles is dark. Yes, it used to be till I showed up because the Bible says that we are the light of the world. So, yes, it's dark, but not anymore. Hollywood's dark, but not anymore. My job was dark, but not anymore. This city was dark, but not anymore because guess who just stepped in the building? Jehovah said, allow me to reintroduce myself. We are the church. We're the light of the world, a city on a hill, which means that God is trying to prop up his character and his goodness in your life, through your life. If it's dark and you're a light, there's no better place to be. There's no better place for a light bulb to be than in a dark room. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? 
Like, I'm sick and tired of people dogging on California. It ain't a, we, in our state, we're free. Ours too. <laughs> by the power of the Holy Spirit, not by a politician. We got the Holy Ghost. So everywhere I go, I'm free. Everywhere I go. What did, the, what did God tell Joshua? I will give you where you put your feet. Let me anoint you and then you walk. He said, I bless what your hands touch. So all we have to do is be obedient to God's word and then just start walking places and touching stuff. But if we're disobedient, we got to beg God in prayer to give us stuff. But if we're obedient to the word, then we can touch stuff, walk places, and it's ours. Some people say, it's crazy God called you to pastor this church. I said, I don't know if God called me to pastor the church. I might have just showed up. And God's like, I'm going to give you that. I don't know if you're called to the industry. Maybe just show up. And God's like, I'm going to give you that. And if you're in church and you don't feel like the church is yours, then why would God give you the industry and you don't even want the work? You don't even want the church. You don't want what's God's. He ain't going to give you what's the devil's and you don't. Why would God give you what belongs to the devil and you don't even want what belongs to him? Which are God's people, his children. I feel like preaching God's word. I want the word. I want what belongs to God. I don't want what belongs to the devil. Now, if I want what belongs to God, then I have dominion for what belongs to the devil. This is, this is how this works. So God is saying, you don't want a big church. You want a big life. When you have the word of God in your life, your, your soul and your spirit gets expansive. And then you're able to handle things that other people can't handle. And the first thing God gives you to see if you can handle blessing is he gives you suffering. And if you complain about the suffering, you ain't ready for the blessing. He says these light and momentary troubles far outweigh the glory that will be revealed later. What is glory? Good things. Now, we have some people watching this online right now, and this is for them and for you. Say it's for y'all and it's for me. But sometimes God has to send you to a place that other people are cursing to release blessing in your life. He has to send you somewhere progressive to release something traditional. He will send you in the middle of a sinful city and then release righteousness. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, so what if God says to, to, to Oasis Church, if I release righteousness in the church, God's character in the church, and you live righteously in a city where no one is, don't you think God would be more impressed than that than you sitting in a Bible group barefoot singing Oceans by Hillsong and everybody's a Christian? clipping each other's toenails and praying for each other. <laughs> the Lord told me to clip your toenails. It's, it's, he's going to manicure their life. I, I don't know. Giving those weird... Pro you said I went too far? That's the line? All right. Well, let me jump on back then. That's how my wife feels. Let me jump on back. So we got to live the word in Zarephath. We got to live the word in Zarephath. Do you see what I'm saying? 
So he'll send you to a place where no one's living that way and make you and provide for you in that place. He didn't send him to Jerusalem to get his bread. He sent him to Zarephath. So why do you think you got to move to Palmdale to buy a house? Or Valencia? Or you got to go out west? Let me go somewhere I can afford it. No, but the Bible says if you're obedient, he'll bless you in the city and the field. You don't have to go to the farm. Just be obedient in the city and God will bless you in the city. Does anybody believe for blessing in the city where God has called them to? But you cannot, God cannot, I feel like preaching. God cannot release the prosperity of Zarephath if you live by the principles of Zarephath. So you have to have the principles of Jerusalem in the kingdom while getting the prosperity God's called you to have in Zarephath. So it's principles precede the prosperity and we have people believing for prosperity not for the principles of God to be released in my life. You guys, we got to get this right. You, we got to get this right. We got to hold up our opinions in the light of the word. And he says near the city of Sidon, and, and I've instructed a widow there to feed you. And the Bible uses the language commanded. I've commanded a widow to feed you. Can I just tell you something? When God sends you somewhere that is unlikely, that you don't look at, you don't think is attributed to where you feel called to go, when God sends you somewhere, do you know that sometimes he'll send you to a place and he's commanded the people there already to bless you? And if you go where you want to go, you go to places where God has not commanded them, and now you have to work for something that God over here says I commanded them to give you that's why you don't want to go where you want to go you want to go where God tells you to go because God will tell you to go somewhere and you show up and you're like how is this gonna bless me because I've commanded that boss to give you a promotion it's not at the job you want but I commanded them and the Bible says he's commanded a, a widow so he went to Zarephath and he arrived at the gates of a village and he saw a widow gathering sticks. And he asked her, would you please, please bring me a little water in a cup? And she was going to get it. And he called to her, bring me a bite of bread too. Elijah was hungry. He said, girl, I need some water. Lips is chapped, crusty, looking like a busted hot link, just looking bad. Lord, help me. Just, just ashy. Lips was so ashy, looked like he'd been making out with a powdered donut. And he said, girl, I need some water. And you know what she said? I got you. Which meant what? She had water. But when he asked for some bread, she got into her poverty spirit and said, I swear by the Lord your God that I don't have a single piece of bread in the house. And I only have a handful of flour left in the jar and a little cook cooking oil. Not only do I not have bread, I don't have anything to make bread. I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal, and then, then me and my son, we're just going to die. Her last meal before death. Elijah, I, I want you to fathom how God provides. God has told Elijah that he has commanded a widow to provide food for him, and that widow is currently gathering sticks to cook her very last meal before she dies. And God says to Elijah, this is your provision. See, the reason why we walk away from provision is we don't think God can provide from a widow 
collecting sticks. So we go to where it looks like it's provision instead of where God said there was provision. And she's gathering sticks and Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go ahead and do just what you said, but make a little bread for me first. Oh, you guys, you guys. He made the widow give the man of God. Now, a lot of people can twist this. I'm not, I'm not talking about me. Now, you want to give me some bread, I'll take it. But I'm saying, like, make, make, you can make me a sandwich, but I'm not switching this to, to try to, this isn't about me. This is about the principle, not the person. So, so he said, you have nothing? Feed somebody with what you think is your very last. So if you feel like you ain't got no time, I ain't got time to go to church. That's what you got to give. If you have no money, generosity is giving what you don't think you have. So then if you're tithing, some people, some people said this, man, man, I tithe, it comes right out of my account, I don't even miss it. No, give something that you miss. So what did Jesus say about giving? There was two, there's a, girl, a woman who gave two small coins. Everyone else in that scripture gave more than she did, but she gave something she missed. She gave out of her poverty. So if you want to release provision, you got to give out of lack because giving out of lack produces faith. Like, I don't want you to give because we good. The church is good. It's been good for 2,000 years. But if you want to God to release something, give it to God first. Don't wait until you get it. How many of you said, man, when I get it, the reason why you don't have it is because you keep saying when I get it. And God said, no, make some bread for me first. Do you understand the faith that this woman had to have in God to watch Elijah just sit down smacking? on what was supposed to be her last meal. Talking with his mouth open, you know, Psalms, just eating her last. You know what kind of faith you gotta have? You know, this is one of my pet peeves, by the way. If you're around me, go somewhere else and clean the rest of the food out of your mouth. I don't wanna sit there at the end of your meal for 10 minutes like, Go somewhere else and clean your teeth, man. Now, if it's one thing, if I get irritated that you clean your teeth, but imagine him sitting there with a toothpick eating her last meal. Eating your last meal. Can you imagine putting your last bit of money in an offering envelope? Putting your, giving your last bit of money to the homeless? Giving your last to God? And that meant to her in the moment where her faith was, we die a few minutes earlier than I thought I was because I just gave him my last. And he didn't say make some bread for the both of us. He said, make me bread first. And then I'll provide. One of the biggest reasons God provides is you, is you have someone to feed. Why are y'all... This is, this is why so much of the church doesn't have provision because we get pregnant 
and we go, I don't have enough, so I got to get rid of the baby. God was like, no, I was going to give you something to feed. I was going to give you prosperity because you got something to feed. And then we let politics turn it around on us. But this ain't about politics. It ain't about Roe versus Wade. This ain't about politics. It's about prophecy. God would give you something to feed. When, when, when Christina and I had Bailey, we barely had enough money for ourselves. She didn't have health insurance for four months. We was broke as a joke. Just, just eating dollar chicken sandwiches. But God gave us somebody to feed. And when you got somebody to feed, the reason why the church is blessed, because I got people to feed. Come on, somebody, anybody got mouths to feed. And if you single, get a mouth to feed. Get somebody relying on your wisdom. Get somebody relying on your resources. The reason why God is going to bless me is because I got too many mouths to feed. Too many people are blessed because I'm blessed. Because my Bible says we are blessed to be a blessing. So God's going to release resources in your life when you got mouths to feed. Have five kids, six kids, seven kids, eight kids, Christina, nine kids, ten kids. Come on, girl. I'm Abraham. You Sarah. Release in the name of Jesus your seed on my wife. She says spiritual children. Listen. She said, I ain't got it. She said, I ain't got it. The reason why the church is so broke is because we keep, I ain't got it. We know the Bible says tithe. And we say one day when I got it. We know the Bible says give. We know the Bible says bless the poor. We, we ain't got it because we keep saying I ain't got it. So if you have the faith to believe that you will have it, faith is I live like I have it prior to having it. So the, God, the Bible says give, I'm going to give what I have. And I'm going to trust God to multiply it. Because the Bible calls money seed. And some of y'all, the reason why you're not blessed, and I used to be this way too, is because we think the money seed and because we got a little bit, we eat it. Like them brothers at a baseball game with sunflower seed. Just y'all just in here with your seed, popping it in your mouth. And God said, put it in the ground, not in your stomach, in the ground. What farmer eats seed? God has not designed you to eat seed. He's designed you to eat fruit. And the way you get the fruit is by putting the seed in the ground. And if you keep the seed in your hand, you're talking about you ain't blessed. God said, what have I given you? And give to me first. First, first, the Bible doesn't say just to tithe. The Bible says to give God your first. Whatever your first is, it's not even a percentage. It's a, it's a faith thing where God is saying, I want to release things in your life, but I got to teach you this principle before I lead you to the prosperity. He says this, make it for me first. Then use whatever's left. Say whatever's left is for me. The good stuff is for God. I'll take whatever's left. That's faith. And watch what Elijah prophesies over this woman who's making her last meal. For this is what the Lord says, the God of Israel says, there will always, say always, be flour and olive oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and the crops grow again. I want to remind you the widow was in a famine. I want to remind you that the widow was from a sinful city. I want to remind you that this widow was not a believer. 
She just used a principle, even with unbelief, the principles work. This is why, listen to me. Listen to me. I'm going to say something, I'm going to go out here on a limb. Many of us think that faith is more important than principles. Not when, not when it comes to the prosperity of God. Because this woman, there's no record that she believed in God. But she believed in the principles of God and God released his prosperity because she followed the principles. So we cannot be a church that believes God exists, but we don't follow the principles, but we believe. And then we want the blessings that only principles get you. It's because God has ordained certain principles to bless you. And you can't pray your way around a principle. Do you hear what I'm saying? God's like, no, don't ask for that in prayer. Follow the principle and the principle will produce the prosperity. Don't pray for God to bless you when there's principles that will bless you. And so he says to this, this woman, this is how we know. Um, it says, so she did as Elijah said. And she and Elijah and her family continued to eat many days. There was always enough flour and olive oil left in the containers, just as the Lord promised through Elijah. The reason why we know this woman was not a believer is because Jesus, thousands of years later, would rub this story in the face of religious people who weren't walking by faith. In Luke chapter 4, look what Jesus says in verse 25 through 30. Certainly there were many needy widows in Israel in Elijah's time when the heavens were closed for three and a half years. And a severe famine devastated the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them. He was sent instead to a foreigner, a widow from Zarephath in the land of Sidon. And many in Israel had leprosy in the time of the prophet Elijah, but the only one healed was Naaman, a Syrian. And when they heard this, the people in the synagogue were furious. Jumping up, they mobbed him and forced him to the edge of the hill. The Bible says the religious leaders tried to kill Jesus when he preached this. And I've been, I've been feeling recently that I'm probably preaching what Jesus wants me to preach when religious leaders want to take me out. Because they got mad because he was saying, man, God had to use somebody who didn't even believe because they followed the principles. What makes us religious is that we don't actually follow what we say we believe. Amen. And I want to encourage somebody today that you might feel like you're just the worst of all sinners and God's going you because you'll do what I tell you to do. And what I found in my life is God loves to grab people that the devil is telling what to do, telling them what to do because he goes, at least they listen to somebody. Let me just change who they listen to. I'm telling you right now, God is getting ready to take the most unlikely person and release things into their life. This is why I call this message someone to feed. And I want you to write this down and, 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 and something to fill because we're going to get to hear another story quickly because I'm uh, running out of time. Uh, but the highest level of generosity is meeting a need with what you need. The highest level of generosity is meeting a need with what you need. If you meet a need financially and you have need financially, that's generosity. If you meet a need with your time and you don't feel like you have time, that's generosity. If you show up for people and you feel like, man, I don't have a lot of time, you start showing up, you meet a need with what you need. If, if, if anybody in this church, and I, if you're watching online, you're in this room, anybody in this church who does not give to what God is doing here, I do not believe for one second that you don't want to. You don't think you have it. 
And I have never met a person in my life that came and gave the church or gave their neighbor something and they said, you know what? You know how I got this? I didn't have it. I waited till I got it. Anybody who has that mentality never has it. Have you ever noticed that? Anybody, I've never met a person who went, yeah, how did you get your, your $10 million? Yeah, I just held on to what I had, man, and told God I couldn't afford to bless anybody. And then one day, he just gave me the resources. And now here you go, the keys to your brand new car. No, they, they, they're always that way. Because poverty is a mindset before it comes a reality. And some of us have a poverty mindset. Can I tell you the biggest poverty mindset I've seen in the church? That saving and budgeting precedes generosity and believing. Saving and budgeting precedes generosity and believing. Is the biggest poverty mindset I've seen. Where you think that you got to collect something over time because God, and so you don't give to anyone because you're saving for yourself. And God says, I've not called you to be a reservoir, but a river. If you would just release it, I can flow through you. And typically, a river is, 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 is supplied by a much bigger and greater source. What you're seeing in the river, and, and the faster the river flows, the purer the water is. So what I'm saying to you is not to be irresponsible. I'm talking to you about your mindset. And so many people believe more for what God wants to give them than what God wants to give the people around them. And it should activate your faith to release something. So if we are part of this beautiful orchard where God wants to bless, then we all got to have seed in the ground. We all got to have seed in the ground. Something. And I'm not saying, you know, if you're believing in a dream, give a thousand. But I'm saying you can't have nothing. You can't have nothing. What a song, nothing from nothing means nothing. You got to have something. What I do, man, he, that's a prophet. It's a prophet. You got to understand that. The highest level of generosity is meeting a need with what you need. So when the economy is down, giving should go up. Why? Because we have a kingdom economy. Oh, no, 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 no. They were in a famine. The economy did not align with what this woman did. But she released it, and she went from one last meal to always. Do you notice it wasn't a process? It wasn't... A little bit, a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. 2024, I get my five grand. 20, a little bit more. No, she just believed. She didn't believe in God. She believed the word of God. Some of us think that God is going to bless us because we believe that God exists. But no, it was believing the word. She didn't even believe in the God who gave the word. And she believed, she believed the word. And this woman, homegirl, went from last meal to always. Does anybody have the faith to go from their last to always? I said, does anybody have the faith? This is the last time I'll eat to where there always be bread in your house. In one moment of obedience, she went from her last to always. You are one obedient moment away from your last to always. This might be my last audition. You'll always book the audition. This might be my last meal. You'll always have food and bread in your refrigerator. This might be my last deal I close. you always close deals if you can just be obedient to the word of God. You don't even have to believe in God. 
The Bible says anyone who listens to a prophet receives a prophet's blessing. So she listened to the prophet and she got what God had only reserved for his people she got. This is why the enemy has no issue with you sitting in church and not doing the word. He'll sit here right with you. Firm foundation, the rock on which I stand. Sing better than you. You know, remember he was a worship leader in heaven. So the devil will sit next to you as you worship in church talking about you out of key. When everything around me is shaking, I've never. He quoted the Bible to Jesus. So he has no issue with you singing in church if you're not seeing things you're not willing to do. But when somebody starts believing the word, he's like, we got to stop this. We got to stop this. We got to stop this. They believe in God's word. They're not just singing songs. This isn't just Christian karaoke. They believe we got to do something. And every demon in hell starts gathering to try to stop you. And so what happens is we do not live in a state that, that doesn't want people to be spiritual. We live in a state that doesn't want people to accept what God's word says. And if you don't accept the word, you reject the prosperity that God has ordained through the principles of the word. And so they want to give you the same things that God wants you to have through his principles. That's what the devil showed up and did to Jesus. I'll give you that. Just do it my way. So the moment you have a dream, the devil shows them and says, I'll give you that. You want that? You don't have to, you don't have to obey God's word. I'll give you that. How did he know that you, you want that? Because he heard God say he's going to give it to you. He's not a prophet. Once it got said, he knew it. What happened to Adam and Eve? God said, let us make man in our image that they may be like us. And the devil showed up and says, oh no, we're in trouble. So he showed up to Eve in the garden and says, go ahead and eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For God knows you'll be like him, knowing the difference between good and evil. And when Eve saw that it would look good to eat, she was called to feed and instead she consumed and that was the first scene. You're called to feed. And God and the devil want you to come to church to consume when you're coming to church to be prepared to feed. If you have no one to feed, do not complain you have nothing to give. Because I'm telling you, God gives me and my wife 10 million, which he will. Everyone's blessed. Everyone. Because we got many mouths to feed. We have our kids. We have so spiritual sons and daughters. We have neighbors. Man, we, my, we have so many people that would be blessed if we were a blessing that God, I know God's going to bless me. If not for me, for them. The reason I can look at your face and go, I'm guaranteed to be blessed because God cares about you so much. So even if he forgets me, he's not going to forget the people I've called to lead. So even if my faith isn't enough for me, my faith is enough for you. If he doesn't feed me, he'll feed you through me. Even if I die, he'll feed you. So this is where we have to have, realize before we can be prepared for what God wants to do, we have to have someone to feed. Not our ego. Not something to feed. Which is our ego and our insecurities. We want to be validated. Can I tell you? Like, God wants to give you a blue check mark in heaven. He wants to validate you. When you get validated in the heavenly realms, when you get validated in the natural realms, they'll take it from you. But, but, but when, when the heavens validate you, it's over. 
When God says, that's my man, that's my girl, it is over. No demon, no weapon formed against you will prosper. And it doesn't say the weapons will not be formed. It says they won't work. So I know somebody's living in faith when people are hating on them and people are talking about them. They go, that won't work. No weapon formed against me will work. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. If you jump over, and I'm going to be so, I got I to gotta get out of this. I got to get out of this because I have a whole other scripture to read. What do I do? I'm going to read this scripture in the name of the Lord. I feel like preaching. Listen, man. Listen. What part of the scripture do I read? Second widow. Second Kings 4. Another. I'm going to skip. She was broke. Let me just skip to the point. She was broke. Elijah verse 4, verse 2, just summed it up. She was broke. And Elisha, Elijah's successor. So this is a different Elijah. The first Elijah was E-L-I-J-A. Is that right? Eli Elijah. No, E-L-I-J-A-H. Got it. It was in my spirit, not in my brain. And then Elisha is spelled S-H-A at the end. And so Elisha, the successor, the next prophet that came along after Elijah, Elisha, told the broke widow, tell me what you have in the house. She said, nothing at all except a flask of olive oil. And Elisha said, borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and your neighbors. Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you and pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it is filled. So she did as she was told, and her sons kept bringing jars to her, and she filled one after the other, and soon every container was filled to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said one to her sons. There aren't any more, he told her, and then the olive oil stopped flowing. When she told the man of God what had happened, he said to her, now sell the olive oil to pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on what's left over. So here are two widows, and God gave one widow someone to feed, and that's how she got blessed. And God gave another widow something to fill, and that's how they got blessed. And the thing that she had to feed, the first widow, the person that she had to feed, she fed with the thing that she thought she didn't have anything. And the person who had something to fill was only able to fill it through the context of their community. So however many neighbors and friends she had to ask for empty vessels. So, be, if, so she was able to be in community with a bunch of people who everything that they had was empty too. And this is why I don't think you're going to get blessed because you're, you're hanging out with people who have filled vessels. God can bless you and everybody in the neighborhood is broke. Anybody live in a neighborhood where everybody's broke? Where you can drive down in the cars in the driveway, you go broke, 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 escalate, y'all do y'all sell drugs. Broke, broke, broke. <laughs> anybody live Anybody live in a neighborhood? That's San Bernardino. You live in a neighborhood where it's so poor, anybody who got a good car is selling drugs. That's my auntie and them. Oh, you know they selling stuff. How come they can't just be blessed? I can smell the crack coming from the kitchen. Like, auntie, maybe they just work hard. You ever been so poor you can't even believe anybody from your area? They got to be doing something illegal if they're blessed and they live here? No, no, no. God gave this woman something to fill, and he gave the other woman someone to feed. And these two miracles of prosperity 
we're, we're based off having someone to feed and something to fill. And the someone to feed, God had to break her poverty mindset. And the something to fill, God had to get her to ask her community. So what if the highest level of prosperity is when God gives you a mouth to feed and a community to rely on? And you're, what if God is saying to the church, which he is, which is why he gave me this sermon, I'm going to bless the church that has someone to feed. I got foster kids to feed. I, I got school children to feed. I got people that are relying on me. If I don't, if I don't get blessed, then I can't give to my church and I can't, I can't feed my children. We're married. We're not waiting to get the promotion to have a kid. We'll have the kid now. We'll move into that. We'll have the kid now. We'll have kid number three, kid number four, when God says to have kid number three and kid number four. I don't need the kingdom of darkness to provide for me. I'm in the kingdom of light. And in the kingdom of light, there is provision as long as I listen to the word of the Lord. I'm going to close on this. Invite the team to come up. Do you have someone to feed? I'm not talking, I'm talking about your kids. I'm talking about other people's kids. Do you have people in your life that they know if God blesses you, I'm for sure getting something. <laughs> yeah, don't let anybody know you won the lottery because then people ask you for stuff. Maybe that's why God had you win the lottery. So people could ask you for stuff. So how many people, raise your hand, if you have more than three people, more, if you have three people, you have more than three, less than five people, don't raise your hand. If you have less than five people who you can be a blessing to, who you could help with groceries, in LA, you could do that on 75K a year. Why are you believing for 150 grand? So you can get a Range Rover? You only got five people, so God gave you enough for who you have to feed. So if you want more than that, you have to expand the amount of people. You know the Bible said, and many pastors have preached this in prosperity from the book of Isaiah, God's getting ready to enlarge your tent. Does that, does that, does that scripture sound familiar? And people have preached this as it's prosperity. It is. Enlarge your tent. And we go enlarge the tent of my booked auditions. Enlarge the tent. No, no, no. God's getting ready to enlarge your tent meant more people can fit in the tent. And so if God makes my tent bigger, he's got to make my bank account bigger because my tent just got bigger. So who did you invite in your tent? If God sees you invite someone he loves into your space, he might bless you for them. God start blessing Pharaoh when Joseph showed up. I finally threw it. I finally threw it. Because I feel like preaching. Is there anybody that wants to stand to their feet and give God praise that God's getting ready to command someone to bless you because you showed up? You got to have somebody to feed. You got to have something to fill in your community. Does anybody want to believe that God, before he gave them the money, he would give them someone to feed? Before he gave them the blessing, he would give them something to fill in community. If you believe that, just begin to give God praise right now. Just begin to give God praise right now. Begin to release your praise right now. Begin to release blessings and praise to God right now. Come on, begin to praise the Lord. Give God one minute of the craziest praise. If you're believing in this next season, that God's going to give you somebody to feed and something to fill in community. Somebody to feed, meaning that you're going to feel like you don't have it. 
something to feel, you're going to rely on your community. Begin to give God praise if you believe that this morning. Come on, shout to the Lord if you believe it. In Jesus' name.